Yeah. So it, it then become a very collaborative thing. We were trying to think about what we do. We will eventually we will kickstart it. I think. I hope. I hope we get something that we can do. In which case we'll we'll blow all the profits on a on a Caribbean island holiday for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> profits. There's no such thing as profits in 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 role playing no, games. No, no. I hope you all enjoy Leon C. Uh, or um, Andrew's just called out you could afford two pints in Brewdog (laughs) well one and a half maybe Episode 2 of Series 3 of the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. This series is a bit different to a previous series. We're not trying to deconstruct games uh, to make our own fantasy or even science fiction game. This time round, uh, we defaulted to trying to build a campaign from lots, from lots of different component parts, which... Uh, <laughs> which is fun it's really really fun <laughs> anyway this week i am joined by cat mark and matt uh, matthew uh, and we are trying to fill uh, the segment that we've loosely said would be the first of the scenarios and this one based in London there's a few things that uh, we're kind of adding in in the background but I hope it all does make sense the only thing we have said is that the potential is for the Great North Road and if by this stage I'm losing you you may well need to go back and have a look at episode one <laughs> and do catch up uh, for this to make sense so we've said the A1, the Great North Road, ends at the Tower of London. That's a little bit on the um, uh, on the generous side to where the Great North Road may well have started, but that's what we're saying. The Raven's Tower is the other thing. that In the background, if you've read the liminal uh, rulebook, you'll know that the Raven's Tower is formed from uh, Herowood the Wake uh, getting involved with uh, a... Um, a faction which for some reason has disappeared and that faction is the Raven's Tower. So we've kind of put that in in the background. We have the big bad which is the D Corporation or I think it might be FCMC uh, Corp and that is uh, Arthur D, son of John D, uh, who has uh, clearly set up some sort of huge corporation uh, that in the background is trying to disrupt the links between the Fae and the mortal realm. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> if it does, you may need to sit down in a darkened room with a flannel over your head. Anyway, here it is. Episode 2 from Series 3. Really hope you enjoy it. Uh, welcome everybody to uh, Episode 2. 
series three. I always feel like I should be saying, you know, they've invited us back to do another series, but no one's invited us. <laughs> I'm foisting it. <laughs> on everyone. Yeah, sod you. You're getting another one, whether you like it or not. <laughs> this is this is the second episode, or, or technically, I guess, it's sort of like the second and a half episode, because we're going to have to do another Mitch's Corner after this. It's Paul couldn't make it tonight either. Uh, we are one down. Unfortunately, uh, Kay is not, uh, not very well, so Kay will have to appear at a later date. Um, so uh, best wishes to Kay. Hope you get better. However, I have three uh, quite extraordinary... Uh, well, I'm going to say luminaries of, of, of the role-playing community with us this evening. I wonder whether you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and how we might find you. So I come to you, Mark, first. Uh, Mark Willoughby um, at Willoughby Wright on Twitter, still hanging in there. Won't be long. <laughs> and uh, Kat, do you mind? Uh, hi, <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Kat. Um, I am on Twitter as at Mere for Beer or on the Nevermind Dice Rolls um, magazine, Twitter. Happy days. Thank you. I've just finished reading the recent one. It's good. Enjoyed it. Thought re the review of Rivers of London was good. And uh, Matt. Matthew. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm Matthew and I'm at Asako underscore. So, um, yeah, and still on Twitter, but I'm reviewing my options like the rest of us. <laughs> this, uh, it could be difficult if, if ever we migrate away to anywhere else, but there we, are. we shall see that uh, the person in charge does with himself so so the idea is again in, in series two what we're trying to do is we're trying to put together a a campaign for uh, liminal the fantastic role-playing game devised by uh, dr sir paul michener uh, available via modifius few people last time said where can i get it from your friendly local game shop obviously would be the first place to go but then your friendly online games retailer Modifius carries everything ca ca carries everything you've got the liminal core book there is also two other supplements that are out right now one is Pax Londinium which may feature in this I don't know and the other supplement that's by Neil Gow and the other supplement is uh, Werewolves of Britain and that's Becky Anderson who's done that one both fantastic all with uh, the wonderful artwork of Jason Benke which I think elevates it to uh, to another level. Yeah. Uh, but it's liminal we're looking for. Now, if you remember, in the first, the sort of the scene setting, where's the grand arc of the campaign, we're sort of broadly set along uh, the Great North Road, which is kind of the A1, or, or, or is it? <laughs> Introducing wrinkles already. Uh, We've we've sort of tried then to to break down uh, which uh, which cities or which areas we're going to concentrate each of those scenarios in. They may not necessarily have to work in order geographically, going south to north. There are a couple of things that sort of inform everything. We have this uh, shadowy corporation in the background who are the the very big bads, as it were. Uh, which is uh, the love child or the brain child of uh, Arthur D, 
seventh son of John Dee, the great Elizabethan. Um, I guess he was a, what was he? Not necromancer, but he was a sort of a natural philosopher, all-round uh, magical practitioner, astrologer. That's not astronomer. Which one is it? Back then, it didn't make as much difference as you might think. No. Yeah. Angel, some of us. It was very much the Russell Grant of his day. <laughs> um, there's one for the teenagers. Uh, so, this particular episode, we, we've decided we're going to look at London. So we're sort of trying to trying to do something. My anticipation is actually, I think the majority of people will play it almost as written. I know uh, uh, on, the, on the last episode, I know Nook, Nook sort of said, actually, what he would do is just de- deconstruct everything and, and monkey about with it. But I see, imagine a lot of people will go, okay, if it's plot points as written. So, for example, if you do Masks of Neil Athotep, now you used to start in New York. You now start in Chile or Peru. Is it Peru? Um, and I think people, generally speaking, go sort of sequentially from there. But so this time we're going to try and look at something based nominally in London. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, what would you like? I, I'm I'm more than happy to go with uh, with my one first. Or if anyone's feeling sort of particularly brave, you can dig in and 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 go before me. Mark, you want to? Yes, yes. Lead us off. <laughs> Just in case, because I've done some really basic ideas, and I'm assuming everybody else is just going to have done the same. Um, so, yes, London, as it's said on GWR. Um, so, the idea, in a nutshell, a journey begins, a betrayal, slow horses, and the search for the soul of a city. Oh, I mean, nice. I mean, already. Do you need any more than that? Or Okay, all well, no, right. Well done. I can, I can names. Cat. <laughs> oh. Come on. So a journey begins. Now, um, again, we are all battle scarred veterans of campaigns going back into time, but um, Liminal doesn't really have any big campaigns available yet. And so, therefore, this could be something. Uh, this could be somebody's first campaign. It could certainly be their first liminal campaign. It could be their first exposure to the world. Hence why you start in London, because then you get to go. I wanted to find a method of going around the factions and, okay. and meeting them. So we've got this idea that there's this quest that you need to renew the 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 right to go up the road. Um, and as we know, when, when you've got any of these kind of magic spells, we talk about magic and we talk about quests and we talk about rituals, but actually it's quite a lot of admin. A lot of it is involved in, in, in doing things in the correct way and going to see the correct people and doing the things. So I assume that before you embark on this journey, you have to go around to the factions and say, I am the, and present your credentials and say, we are the nominated, uh, the, the nominated representatives of the tower. And we're going on our way. So that will be part of it. And this will give a, a nice little introduction to who the mm. bigger players are. And also potentially, when more is known about what's going on later, you can put some hooks in there okay. um, to do that. So um so just just to just to sort of fill people in. So in in the background, what we've done in we haven't sort of stayed still. We developed a few of the ideas, and one of the things that I took is: Were you referencing the Ravens Tower? Yes. So, so 
what what we're trying to do is bring the Raven's Tale, which is part a part of the book, is not a particularly well. It, it, it's not expanded to any great depth in the book. But what we thought would be quite a nice way of looking at it was if the Great North Road ends at the Raven's Tower, at the Tower of London, which is ostensibly it's missing and nobody knows where it is. The Raven's Tower. This is. Uh, ah. We there would be some link to being either. Uh, commissioned by the Raven's Tower or actually being, you know, actually sort of some sort of descendants of the Raven's Tower, whatever, whatever. So I beg your pardon, I'll just introducing that one, Mark. Yes. No, 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 that's good. Um, and and also a little another little hook thing in there is that when you're going around the various factions and, and presenting your credentials, one of them, for instance, and this is just a, a, a thought, might assign a referee who who would then become a recurring character that might pop up later along the journey, who might be there for good or might not be there for good, because, you know, these liminal folk. Okay. Just a um, referee of the rights. Mm. Okay. I didn't think there would necessarily be any rights, particularly with the... It really was to introduce you to the factions um, and get their permission to leave, but there might be some sort of, I don't know, some token thing like they need a lock of your hair or something or no but nothing nothing that is going to be too too much like the rights that go along the way that, that okay. so that's a journey begins a betrayal well clearly this is a very important ritual and they're not just going to give it to anybody to do and in fact they didn't give it to you to do the thing is the people that were supposed to be doing it have been killed because there's a bad faction, a big bad faction out there. The original, and what I've, how I've termed this is the, the first guard of the tower. So in, again, this is written down. This is in the process. This is in the, in in the, the rules then of this challenge that it's that the people who are supposed to conduct this are either the, or or should be the first guard of the tower. But the first guard of the tower, uh, no. Who have been training for this for a year they've you know they've done all their they know all this and then again this from a story point of view allows you to the players to be somewhat ignorant of what's going on allows them to be underprepared and allows them to know that they're underprepared so it just positions um this has been attempted before but you know, not in the last hundred years or so. So uh, not so not in recent memory. Um, now they had a, they had a second team standing by, uh, who were the second guard of the tower. Unfortunately, and this is where we come to slow horses. I don't know if you've been watching Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus. If you don't, you won't. But it's okay. a it, it's a spy thing um, with a lot of Gary Oldman swearing. Uh, <laughs> which, which, is, which he does really well. Um, he's, he's a good swearer. He is magnificent. Um, so, but the, the and the idea is they're not again they're not the first choice spies, but actually the where the slow horses name comes, it's a double play on the fact that they're based in Slough House, Slough House, Slow Horses, because places have power and names have power. So. In, in 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 our view of things um so my idea my little ploy for that was that the team that that is now assembled 
um, have been due to some sort of government reshuffling and things, been given space in Westminster Reference Library. No, okay. now again, you're looking, you're giving me those dumb looks. Um, but um, so you perhaps are as unaware as the poor government clerk that assigned this was that um, that the Westminster Reference Library on St Martin Street. Uh, was the former site of the house of Sir Isaac Newton. That was where his London house was. Oh. So written into this, this contract, written into this pact, was the idea that you would send the first guard of the, uh, of the tower, or you would send the first guard of Sir Isaac Newton's house. And that is now the player's. So again, this allows them to be as experienced or inexperienced as as they want to be. You can okay. give some some scope. Um, and where did I get to? Uh, 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 pick up things as they go along. Um, and then again, because this is all about rules, then they can't just send the second team. The second team can't accompany them. They can't send extra people to help them. They are they are anointed with this. Um, so that was slow horses. And now the search for the soul of the city. Uh, so we come back to, of course, to Brutus of Troy. So Brutus of Troy uh, came to Britain and uh, because he fancied slaying some giants. Yes. Look around, did a pretty good job. Um, <laughs> well, well, by and large, I mean, actually, they seem to be coming back. But anyway, um, and eventually then founded a city on the Thames called New Troy. Mm -hmm. uh, and he wasn't originally from around here. He moved all around. But then he settled in this city and his descendants settled in this city. And one of them, um, King Lod, uh, gave his name to London, potentially. There's other competing theories, but gave his name to London. Um, and he never left London. And indeed, he is buried at the bottom of Ludgate Hill. Now, the thing about the spirit of King Lod is the spirit of King Lod remains forever in the city. And what he does is he attaches himself to somebody sort of who wanders around the city and, and never leaves the precincts of the old city. And again, we could play around with this a little bit to, to make it a bigger or a smaller area, depending on on, on the scope. Um, okay. And often these are unhomed people um, who just wander the streets. Um, and, uh, and of course, Actually, uh, uh, but he, since he is the soul of the city, since he is the spirit of the city, he is part of this pact, and you have to present your credentials to him before you can leave. Which normally is not so difficult because usually he makes his way back to his grave every day or so, or every couple of days, so it's not much of an issue. Unfortunately, he's disappeared, and nobody can find him, and that is because he has been... Uh, taken captive <laughs> so like this yeah so um then the idea is you introduce the factions 
you do this and you get a little bit of an investigation to find first of all who has him and then deal with who has him yeah so that was a journey begins a betrayal slow horses and the search for the soul of the city i'm not going to tell you who's done it yet this is going to be your big bad is it mm -hmm. yes wow well what do we think nice it's nice places there to build on and do other things alongside it as well should we, should we sort of just stop now <laughs> i go make some cocoa <laughs> yeah we could have an early night <laughs> this, this genuinely this is number one i've sort of said repeatedly and i said there was on a I did another podcast which was a very good podcast down memory game and i said <clears throat> one of the reasons he said well why why have you done this podcast one of the questions why have you done this podcast and i said well there's two reasons really the first is i think it, i find it very very interesting and the second thing is i absolutely love everybody who comes on because inevitably what happens is somebody says something and you just go wow <laughs> that's brilliant and constantly surprised i think that's 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 great journey begins betrayal slow horses soul of a city like it I, th I was worried a bit when you said about admin i thought oh no we're back to double entry bookkeeping and your finance call cat I mean, I mean there should be plenty okay. of that anyway uh just yeah it's good it's good okay who would like to follow that Oh, we all we all know the big bad is actually probably a firm of accountants somewhere, but um, the little grey auditors. Um, <laughs> how a wrong universe. Because um, I I was looking at obviously Tower of London, and um, we mentioned ley lines, and one of the ley lines actually goes from Tower of London straight to Salisbury Hill, I believe, uh, in Wiltshire. And I kind of got to thinking because we said about the. Um, um, we thought about the Silsbury, I said. Um, Silsbury, yeah. Silbury, yeah. Um, so I got to thinking about the Ravens and Ravens Tower because there could be a, a thing for somebody's obviously the big bad trying to affect ley lines, the magical sort of underlyings of um, the country, as it were. If they do this, great unstability to the country. It's a good reason why they do it. Hence why you'd probably go and kidnap blood for a start, because you'd throw London into turmoil. Um, so my idea was linked with Raven's Tower. The Raven's Tower is very difficult to find. I like that idea. I love that, quite frankly. So therefore, the Ravens are generally the familiars of all of the mages that ever inhabit the tower. They're not supposed to wander. However, they're not stupid. They're not stupid birds. And being as they're familiars, they're even more intelligent. And they've been found, one or two of them keep on going missing. And when they're found, usually by possibly other liminal crews, you can always have the link in and they can sort of like meet other people as you go. That way, if anyone does unfortunately die, you can bring them in from another crew. But um, And every time they're finding that they're along a line, it's the ravens are trying to do the work to try and shore up the the ley line they're kind of if you get speaking to them or even if you get invited to the tower they'll maybe suggest that you need to do something to to help them so i was kind of thinking along those lines to take it out of london eventually 
and along the ley lines. Because, oddly enough, I don't know if anyone else, I was looking up where the ravens actually came from. Now, most of them think it was one of the um, trials, not current, one ages ago, and they might have come from Somerset. Well, Wiltshire's right next door, so I'm kind of thinking these birds were partly are oh, the familiars, but I think they were also given to the the um, the mages by the Fae as a peace offering to work together. Uh, okay, okay. So the ravens know that something's definitely up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was vaguely as far as I got. Not as well thought out as Mark's ideas. Okay, no, but so you've got the. I, I, I like that little quirky bit about because I, I think there probably is more to come about the Ravens Tower. Yeah, and you then start. Uh, Funny enough, the first thing I thought about was what might the beef eaters be. Yeah. However, however, however the Ravens leaving the tower. Yeah. And I, I like that, that they are intelligent and they're trying to do something already. Yeah. Shoring up the ley lines. Which mm. kind of leads you to going out of London to do a more England-wide campaign or UK-based, okay. because you'll end in Wales at some stage, uh, UK-based one. Also, they can be interlinked in between, because one thing I do like with good campaigns is where they interlink them slightly. So if people do sandboxy, go off in slightly one direction, they're never fully away from the campaign. They're just doing another bit. So yeah. they're all interlinked. Cause I really hate the campaigns when it's set pieces. You have to do A, B, C because then you feel a bit railroaded. The thing I like about liminal games, um, particularly some of the scenarios that uh, I think Paul's done, is that, yes, he gives you locations, but you don't have to hit them in that order. You can hit them in a different order if you so wish. So I did quite like that. Okay. is okay. something is up. Like that. Okay. Good. Matt, is it going to be you next, or is it going to be me? You can go, Dave. Yeah, no worries. Uh, stealing my thunder. Right. So, my bit is called <clears throat> A Red Rose as Payment of Debts. Nothing romantic about this. It's going to be, it's going to be horrific. It will really unsettle your stomach. Now, <clears throat> on the Feast of John the Baptist... A single red rose is presented to the Lord Mayor of London at the Mansion House. Many believe this is connected to a 14th century builder called Nolly and an annual fine paid by him for an illegal bridge between two houses. In fact, it is payment for a bridge of sorts. The red rose is, present is presented by a representative of the Queen of Hyde Park to the mortal mayor of the city, in recognition of the continuing presence of her court in the midst of the model, mortal world. Should the rose not be delivered, the shame brought upon the Queen would be immense and her wrath against those that brought shame upon her royal personage would be terrible indeed. But it's not a real rose, this. It's a figurative rose, right? It's an extension of the rites of passage for the people of London to continue to live and move about in a fey realm. All the parks, all the open spaces, and even on the rivers of London. So the rose itself 
is actually a sort of a stem that's been crafted into a scepter, which is passed to the mayor for his first great annual procession. And we all know what the great annual procession is called. Procession is called the Lord Mayor's Show. So now the Lord Mayor's Show is originally is held well, sorry, it was originally held every year on the feast of Saint Simon and Saint Jude, which as we all know is the 28th of October. I'm assuming you did know that it's good Catholic boys and girls. No. <laughs> uh, but it stayed that way until 1751 when Britain adopted the Gregorian calendar and omitted half of September. But that is not true, I tell you, ladies and gentlemen. It is not true. The sceptre of the rose was lost when Francis Cocaine, real man, look him up, uh, refused to acknowledge the Fae as any kind of entity to be taken seriously. And how he lived to regret this. Winterbottom, who was the in incoming mayor, also, look it up, it's real, uh, reconciled with the Queen of Hyde Park and all was well, but his mayorship was delayed by several weeks. This whole Gregorian calendar, nonsense. But the pact was eventually renewed, and that meant the very oldest of the ways were open in such an important city as London. So, in order to keep this mayor mayoral year at the right length, the date of the show was moved back to the 9th of November and has stayed there for another 200 years. Uh, so, uh, However, after a period of time, 1950s, this is causing unacceptable disruption to the city. We don't really need to go to this bit. I'll put it in this padding. Uh, it was causing unacceptable disruption in the city because it could have been on any, any day of the week. Um, but in 1952, the Corporation of London and the Home Office, and clearly the Queen of Hyde Park, settled on a fixed route for the procession, which was a relief for the pageant master, now, doesn't that sound like somebody who is a real person, too? Uh, has to make sure that any new roads and buildings along the route are compatible with the show's requirements. So now what I've sort of said is, OK, with well, the, the D's, this D organisation, this shadowy FCMC corporation, are actually looking to kidnap the pageant master, who's Dominic Reed, also a real person, uh, as organised for the ritual handing over the scepter. So the players have to, first of all, they have to try and stop it happening, if they can. Uh, now, he's actually, he's going to be replaced by somebody who's going to steal this scepter at the height of the, you know, the whole, the whole ceremony. They then will obviously need to then recover the scepter, depending on whether or not they, you know, are made aware of this. But this is where I was going to bring in the Ordnance Survey, you see. The Ordnance Survey got wind of this because he's he's gone to check out the the various routes and everything else. <clears throat> they're planning the route. Excuse me. So they're going to try and recover the sector, potentially hidden in the vaults of the corporation, which then brings back you know, if the players are starting with this with Martin's Martin Glasper's Martin G's um, concept of the sort of uh, the machine gun Kelly incident in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. uh, so they'll be recovering the sector at some stage in there. Now, there'll also then be the uh, distrust of the team as being non-fay. And actually, if they do sort of go into alliance with the Ordnance Survey, then that'll even, even make the disruption or the distrust even more sort of difficult for them. So they'll have to somehow get around the Queen of Fay and the fairy, fairy realm, you know, of, of London. So the sort of the set pieces were, you know, that they'll be contacted by either the fay or, you know, the, the hidden or potentially a boggart. Uh, which is in the liminal book 
and there's this rumour that's been spread around that the Lord Mayor's procession is to be disrupted. And this is this big sort of set piece every year, which renews the bonds between the Fae and the uh, and uh, and the Lord Mayor, uh, and and the mortal world, if you like, the, the mundane world. Um, you know, they either foil, foil the plot, or you know, if they're not going to be able to foil it, you know, it, it takes place, and then they have to recover that. They have to recover the scepter. And then I was trying to sort of build in this idea of, you know, if they were still sort of connected with this corporation, this idea of, are we the baddies? You know, the sketch show, are we the baddies? Uh, then they'll begin then to sort of do this uncovering of the machinations of the FCMC corporation. And then it would move on to the next section. Once they foiled this and they gained the favour of the Queen of the Fae of Hyde Park. So there, that's me. But I really just wanted you know, to be able to make pathetic jokes about, you know, after the Lord Mayor's show, you know, this is all a procession. <laughs> so another so puns. Is is the Lord Mayor's show almost like the inauguration of the great procession up the Great North Road? Yeah, it could be. So so again, one of the things that we were sort of talking about and, and debating. With the guys who, who did the first, uh, sorry, because you know, conversation carried on after the episode. One of the things that we were talking about was, is there going to be some sort of ritualistic item or something? And we talked about maybe it was the Stone of Scone, mm-hmm. the royal, you know, uh, uh, placed under the, the the throne of every anointed king of Scotland. You know, was it going to be that that was the sort of an, and maybe the Fae or the various factions, whoever it might be, were sort of, you know, swearing on the stone of scone. And there's a few bits to work out there, but... Um, you yeah, could always was... try and link um, various different famous stones throughout, because you've obviously got, you know, the, the scone in Scotland, you've got the London stone in London. Um, I'm sure there are loads. I, I'm, immediately I'm going to the Blarney stone, but that's that's maybe not something that anyone has to snog. <laughs> Um, but there must be plenty of stones. I mean, you've got Stonehenge, for God's sake, and you could yeah, like yeah. it could be about the, you know, each of these are where there would be a fey pact. I, I, I was also sort of thinking when you say that. I was I was also then thinking about you could take it even farther back. Um, was it Edward the First who did the 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 crosses? Was it his was it his wife that died and the procession? Oh, the crosses. Yeah, and that was so. Charing Cross was the last one, I think, wasn't it? When they got to to London, and I was interested in thinking, well, could you build that in? But then I thought, well, the Lord Mayor's parade, the Lord Mayor's show, is something that you could sort of, you know, it's a big enough event that if you disrupted it, it would have some sort of impact. So, I, so th- that was my idea. It was the the Lord Mayor's show and the Queen of Hyde Park. I do like the idea that. Yeah, that there is a, that there is a certain pageantry then that would have, because usually again with the ritualistic thing, there's there's often a feast I find or or, or something like that a, a show. Yeah, okay, I like it. See, and and the other thing that made me was was sort of sparking off in in me was I I, I do love a James Bond. And I was thinking of the Daniel Craig one, where he's in Mexico City, isn't he? For the is it? Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, the, Del Muerte, is it? The Day yes. of the Dead. Yeah, Del Muerte, and it's sort of like one of those. I was thinking, wow, 
Now, what if you had that going on? You know, Nelson's column gets tipped over as you race up it to jump onto the National Gallery. And, you know, but there we are. A bit more cinematic than you might think. There we are. Matthew. Oh, um, yeah, hard to follow um, those. Um, so I guess my sort of opening scene, so I'm a big fan of the original Ghostbusters movie, as I'm sure we all, we all are. Um, so I think the first scene for my proposed London scenario would be a medieval a ghost in clerical garb screaming around the corridors of St. Bart's Hospital causing mayhem. So a bit like the scene with, you know, the books flying out of the, the New York Library, but we'll have, you know, um, uh, 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 bedpans and towels and forceps flying around instead. So that would be the kind of opening, you know, wow, let's get the, the Ghostbuster stroke um, agents involved in solving out this disruption in, in Barts. Um, so the reason Barts is just take you back to history. So the thing that I was interested in in your, in your, in your write-up, Dave, was this idea, and it's in, it's in Paul's liminal book as well, around the idea of William I and the sort of fey packs that kind of founded the realm. Yeah. So we talked about the Great North Road. I know you've mentioned it's linked to perhaps Raven's Tabbing, one of the starting points, but um, one of the geographical starting points is, is Smithfield, Smithfield Market, and the area around um, Bart's St. Bartholomew's Church. So the kind of, I guess, liminal backstory here um, that I guess kind of sparked any ideas was that um, uh, the heir to Henry the, Henry the First. so this is the... Um, what is he? The, the son of, of uh, William the Conqueror, actually. He's the one who survived after William Rufus's mysterious death in the forest. <laughs> so, you know, was it Henry I? Was it a hunting accident? It's that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Henry I's heir died. William Adeline died crossing the channel from Normandy to England in, I think, about 1120. This is what sparked the Age of Anarchy. And, and you know, put, um, our good friend, Dr. Richard, has written an RPG about this, actually. This is what sparked the battle between Matilda and Stephen. There was no male heir. Uh, so William Adeline dies. So I guess it's, so in my kind of liminal kind of counter history, I'm kind of thinking it wasn't just William who did these kind of fate packs. It was his descendants. It was a product of several generations to kind of, uh, put these kind of fey treaties in place between the new realm and, and the fey, and this disrupted it. So I'm thinking the French fey may have intervened here during this coastal trip and wanted to limit or cut off the new English kings from their Norman Norman um, uh, home base, their, their, their power in, in, across the Channel. So they kill Adeline, he dies, England goes into chaos, and it takes maybe a bit longer for the um, the Norman kings, the Angevins, to re-establish this kind of fey pact. One of the ways they do it is um, a, a canon called Rehair, and indeed he's the, the person haunting Barts. So in the official history, Rehair is so upset by... Um, Adeline's death. He goes on a pilgrimage to Rome. On the way to Rome or in Rome, he sees a vision of St. Bartholomew, one of the saints of healing. So he goes back to build a chapel and a hospital of healing in London. I'm going to kind of slightly swing that, that um, Rehair kind of sees um, this challenge to the new Norman dynasty, wants a service master, actually goes on a diplomatic mission to the Fae of Europe to try and you know, make some compromises, try and reestablish these connections, try and sue the French Fay and try and help help his master. But in and as part of this, he does indeed build the church. And that is both 
the beginning of this um, Great North Road and start of some of these ley lines that track across um, uh, uh, the UK. Um, so yeah, it's quite quite like the, the Great North Road idea of, of Nooks. I was sad that Hereford and Leamington and Wales were missed out of campaign, but still, it's, it's a really good idea. So. Well, we so what, what's happening now? So we've got Rahere has been, uh, is now haunting, he's distressed, he's causing mayhem around the area of Barts. Um, so I'm not sure how much to go into the big bad quite yet, Dave. Do you want to sort of mention that or? or... You can do if you want to, yeah. We, we're going we're gonna to find out what it is later. But yeah, yeah so, um, so what I was kind of thinking, so I, when I listened to the podcast, in a way you're thinking of sort of 1970s, 80s timelines, which, was, is that is that right? Or not sure? No, no, no. Okay. fairly modern yeah okay so my initial thought was that, that you know let's let's blame let's blame the, the elizabeth line and the works between liverpool street and Whitechapel. so somehow the crypt or something beneath barts has been disturbed just you know and whether we want to have um you know arthur d associates somehow manage the works fund things to go in a certain way somehow try and disrupt what they see as this important mystical node by their works that yeah it's, it's like bureaucracy architecture they try and urban planning is the tool they use of evil yeah it's it's a new ley line maybe yeah something the elizabeth line yeah mm. okay and that and that kind of so that kind of disrupts it but also allows one of the uh faction members from the londinian book um queen rats to access barts and what happens um again Was it to- queen rat did you say I think it's Queen Rat or Queen yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. The sort of um, lycanthrope, I think, NPCs that that Neil writes about. Yeah, and her, she's actually, you know, I thought all RPGs have got to have a rat in a cellar because that's that's an important bit of any any game anyway. But Queen Rat is not a disgusting, give you plague type rat. She she manifests as an attractive woman who seduces people. So the idea is that she she seduced um, the priest of um, of uh, Saint Bartholomew's. And one of the powers she has, if people tell somebody about what's happened, it brings great, great bad luck. And that's what's released um, Rahere from his from his internment. So he begins, the, the tomb is crumbled or damaged in some way. And there's a bit of history here where somebody stole apparently Rahere's um, foot and sandal in 1865. And there was rumours then that he was haunting back in the 19th century. So something's happened. The priest has had some bad luck because of his infatuation with Queen Rat. The tomb has been disturbed and Rahere has been freed. And this combination of the underground work and the bad luck that's now infected the church has threatened the kind of ley line and in turn the relationship with, with, with the Fae of, of England. So I guess the way I kind of saw it, the NPC had a couple of kind of um, local challenges. So the local one is, can we rest, put Rahere to rest? Can we stop this haunting? Um, can we sort out Queen Rat, stop her causing mayhem amongst the congregation of this church, seducing everybody? Um, but there's the deeper reason. Can we reinstall reinstall the, um, the the ley line node, as it were? And that might be involving work with the uh, Elizabeth line. It could be a kind of working directly with Arthur Dean Associates, or it could be this renegotiation back with the original um, Fay of France. And of course, our connection with our French cousins has been weakened further by political developments. So, um, I wonder what that could be. Yeah, and then so we're not doing politics. That's not only vegetables; it's now fay that can't get. Over the one here. part I did have, just <laughs> as I was thinking this thought, is that obviously London's got the second highest number of French people outside of Paris in terms of city population. So there's no reason why we couldn't have a French fay court, 
you know, as it were, uh, or in, embassy. In absentia in, or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. might not, so to keep it non-international, as it were, it could be a kind of negotiation with the MPCs, the local kind of French Fay power makers to kind of re-establish that um, relationship that Rahair um, developed back in the 12th century. So that was my kind of, yeah, so really linked to the, the the onset of the Great North Road and that kind of early Norman negotiation with the Fay were the kind of two themes I tried to bring in a bit. Good. Bravo. Very good. Yeah. Anything else to mention? I think those are the main things I came up with. Oh, the other thing, just of, just of interest, if you want to make it go, you know, crazy Ghostbusters. So Bart, the St. Bartholomew's Church is also where William Wallace was killed and where heretics were were burnt. So Lollards and Protestants, it said on, on Wikipedia. So if there is the kind of, you know, uh, occult energy level rising, like in Ghostbusters, we could have William <laughs> Wallace and, and heretics as well haunting the area and going, going crazy. And indeed, somebody did say, again, back in the 19th century, when, when they thought Rahair had been freed, people could hear the screams of martyrs and the crackles of bonfires outside the church in the 19th century. Those poor Lollards. Yeah. <clears throat> Not only an awful name. Burned at the stake. Wow. The, the problem is this is exactly the same as it was last time. Exactly the same. You have all these ideas and you go, I like them all. Let's do them all. Now. <laughs> There is a reasonable chance, of course, that we could do them all. But we've probably got about eight different books. So, so far, we've got uh, the Ley Lines, which wasn't voted for last time. That's appeared in here, <laughs> in at least two. We've got the Great North Road, which has also appeared in some of the Raven's Tower. That's one of the bits that we've sort of introduced as a as an additional bit, but flipping it. Right. Okay. So, to, 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 to try and recap. And by the way, what we are, you know, I sort of threatened it. I'm not sure whether it will make the final edit, but I've threatened that uh, what we'll do is we'll ask everybody who sort of contributed to each episode if we can, if we can sort of evolve you in in crafting that bit of the campaign as well. So I hope you I hope you'll all be up for that. Which would be great. I won't be. Uh, uh, I'm going to clearly. I'm going to have to retire early to write this damn thing. So we have Mark. Uh, start of a journey, betrayal, slow horses, soul of a city. Sounds like a sounds like a moon night. Uh, uh, we're looking at introducing the, uh, the the various factions in Liminal as a, as an opportunity to sort of have it as a an introductory scenario almost to to the world of Liminal. And in fact, I'd love to know what the uh, what the figures are for people buying Liminal subsequent to the first couple of episodes because I think. I've certainly been contacted people. Can I, where, where can you get this liminal game from? Which is lovely. So that's good. One of the things I hope, hoped we, we would probably do. The first guard of the tower have all died somehow. The second guard of the tower, which potentially is going to be our people. Uh, maybe they're still connected with this, uh, with the D conspiracy, or maybe they've already figured out that actually they, uh, uh, they should, if they'd stayed, they would have been the bad guys. We get to go to the Westminster Reference Library, Sir Isaac Newton's old house, <laughs> which is brilliant. That's another thing I love about this, is you you go down these rabbit holes, don't you? And you sort of disappear down something, you know, like me finding out that it's supposed to present a, a rose to the uh, Lord Mayor. Anyway, searching for the soul of Brutus's new Troy, 
King Lud is on Ludgate Hill. He's absolutely gone nuts. Uh, but he's in an unhomed person and they have to find Lud, present their credentials. He's been kidnapped. And now you have to bring the whole thing to a, to a conclusion by aiding Lud, obviously, and then coming back through and making sure that you get through the rites of passage, presenting your credentials to all the various factions. So that was with Mark. Cat. Cat was looking at the raven. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. The ravens are actually the familiars of these wizards, or maybe even the wizards themselves could be quite good fun. And that's where the ravens tell people went. But the ravens have gone missing. They gradually start reappearing, you know, drained and wizened, having to uh, trying to sort of stop the uh, the erosion of the ley lines coming out of London. Um, it, as you said, you know, it's possibly that they could have been given to the, the tower by the Fae. The Ravens know something is up. How are you going to solve this? Excuse me. So getting in there amongst uh, the problems where who is killing off the well, as yet to be uh, to be discovered, who is killing off the uh, the ley lines? How can you help the Ravens? How can you then repopulate, presumably, the Tower of London with Ravens? Some sort of breeding program, I suspect. Uh, and, the, and then finally, there was my my uh, my idea about uh, the Lord Mayor's show, and uh, somebody trying deliberately to destruct or destroy uh, the, uh, the procession, which every year marks the renewal of the rights granted by the Queen of Hyde Park through the presentation of this rose. The master of pageant has gone missing. He has to be recovered. Uh, pageant master, rather, has gone missing, has to be recovered. Uh, Dominic Reed is his name, genuinely. Uh, they have to restore him. They have to recover the scepter. And they then have to try and uh, uh, try and um, bring the whole to a conclusion and seal the pact once more between the Lord Mayor and the Queen of Hyde Park and allow us all to live in London, should we be there uh, alive and well. So, so uh, this bit's being inserted after uh, we recorded, because I forgot to summarise Matt's suggestion, as Mark tried to point out as I rode roughshod over him. So, Matt's suggestion was, that there would be a medieval ghost has been disturbed at St Bart's Hospital, full-on Ghostbusters. Uh, it ends up that uh, William I uh, has had a ghost and fae pact, but this has been disrupted, and it may well have been disrupted by the dastardly French fae court. Either way, Canon Rehair has been uh, released from his tomb, uh, has been seduced by Queen Rat, uh, and this now has put the whole of not only the the Fay uh, bargain that Rahir had struck at risk, but has also led to some pretty serious disruption of uh, of the liminal and uh, and the mundane world, possibly because the Elizabeth line, curse you, Elizabeth line, uh, has in fact rode roughshod over a ley line through the centre of London, so. That was Matt's suggestion. And Mark, you were absolutely right to say I needed to say it. Okay, on with the recording. Ooh. Are you not going to read Never, it? ever easy, is it?
so we, we, we are going to have we're going to have a, a a vote. Why why ruin a very poor concept? So, cat, uh, <laughs> I'm going to come to you first. Which one has got you going? As they say, all of them. I think are going to make your life awkward to write this. So I think it should be all of them. <laughs> Because I think every single idea that everyone's given here could actually really intertwine nicely, I think. And as the first introductory of what will be the Frankenstein series of liminal books, <laughs> I feel that this is perfect to like get people used to all the fractions, doing favours and solving things that are moving outwards slowly. So I think all of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know... This isn't necessarily how things work on this show, is it? I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to murder at least three of your darlings, <laughs> or two two others, and obviously the one that you're going to choose. So oh. I'm, I'm going to insist that you say which one. Is it going to be the Lord Mayor's show stroke Queen of Hyde Park? Is it going to be the medieval ghost of St. Bart's, this Rehair, uh, and the Elizabeth line, curse the Elizabeth line? And then, uh, or is it Mark's... Uh, Journey begins, betrayals, slow horses, soul of a city. Which one? Come on. You've learned from previous you've them. learned from previous episodes of this show to make sure that people can't do this to you. Uh, <laughs> um, oh crumbs. Oh it's a bit of a toss-up between all of them because they're all really good, unfortunately. Um <laughs> See, the thing is, of course, we, we could come out with a London campaign. Yeah. However, I'll have all of these. Um, I think probably I'm going to go for the Lord Mayor show because I think that that is probably the idea that's probably got enough of a story behind it that it would be a good start for a campaign. Um, but it's not too complex straight away. I love Mark's ideas, but they're very complex straight away. Um, yeah. Matthew's ideas as well, but they're a little bit more researchy. Whereas, if you're introducing to fractions, being told, "Yeah, she turns up, there's a rose given, and it better happen," is a really far more simpler idea for people to grasp when they're new to the system. I, do you know, I, I, I never thought I'd be grateful for being thought of as simple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad but, now. It's me. I didn't get any on the last one. Uh, Mark, it's 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 not going to be slow horses. To be uh, yes, Saint Bart's uh, Rehair going mad about the Elizabeth line. Curse you, Elizabeth line. Is it cats, ravens hunting down the destroyer of ley lines, oh. or is it the after the Lord Mayor's show, as they say? Um. Yes, to, to start in the traditional way. Yeah, you could pick any of them and, yeah, they'd be grand. Um, I like the raven symbolism. I certainly do. I think that, that that's a, that's something that has to be there. And with the tower, it should have been obvious. And I kind of kick myself for not having any of that. I also particularly like the idea that they might be from Somerset because then when we get to talking ravens, I can, you know... Yeah. The accent, secret fighter. <laughs> I are a raven. Yeah. Indeed. Um, 
And I quite like the Elizabeth line, but anyway, but sorry, but, but, but even then, <laughs> it's nice. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, um, the Lord Mayor's show, there was a lot. Um, I do quite like that because of the pageantry part of it. I do like the idea that there's a sort of festival that begins the great journey that, that, that marks it because, you know, any excuse for a party. Um, but, 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 but just for sheer kind of read the footnotes of this entire explanation, um, I think Matthew's um, St. Bart's based ancient murder yeah. mystery slash ley line slash um, corruption of the relationship with the Fae. Yes. I mean, there's yeah. a lot in it, but I, but I like that. So there I place my vote. Yes. It is good. It, the other thing I was sort of, oh, I can't say it because it, it prejudiced things. Matthew. Yeah. You cannot no, obviously now vote for your own St. Bart's. So we have Mark's Journey Begins, Betrayal, Slow Horses, Soul of a City. Cat with the Ravens. Looking for the destroyer of the ley lines or the Lord Mayor's show. Yeah, no, as people have said, all, all, all really good and all will be excellent adventures, I think, for starting in London. Um, I obviously like like wizards and familiars. That was the big draw for for Cat's one. I like mares and their big smiles and jangly gold chains, Dave's <laughs> obviously. You know, what, what can you not like about a mare? <laughs> Local worthies having a party. That's that's idea. Yeah. But I think, yeah, Mark's like you sold it. I mean, again, as you may have seen with mine, I like the kind of putting my Ars Magica background. I quite like bits of history woven in with um with some of the games, the kind of alt history. So I like the kind of Brutus of Troy and the the King Lud. So I would uh, vote for that yeah. one, I think. Going with Mark. That's oh. me, kind of, you know, RPGs as a way to learn history and vice versa, perhaps my nerdiness. <laughs> Nicely set up. Okay, so we have a, a vote for Mark, a vote for Matt, a vote for me, which has got his. So it's not going to be me. I have not won. Now, much as I know, it might be a tie. Yeah, well, it could be a tie. Much as I, I, I love the Ravens, I, I absolutely love the idea that the Ravens are, in fact, if not the familiars of, actually the wizards themselves. And that's where the Raven's Tower has actually gone. I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea. So that's 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 got to be in there somewhere. I See, if like... you vote for that, then then we've got everybody, and therefore my original vote stands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a draw. We're all winners. Mm. No, you see, I I I don't believe in this idea that everyone's a winner. Did hot uh, chocolate mean nothing to you? No. Evolution. <laughs> it's evolution. Uh, clearly, I would have voted for the Lord Mayor's show, but that's that's I can't do that. It's against the rules. Matt, uh, the Elizabeth line, uh, Queen Rat. I I have to say, when I read Pax Londinium, mm. Neil's supplement, Neil Gow's supplement for that, that was the first thing I thought. Queen Rat. Oh yes, she's the one. I, I really love I this is the other reason why I really like liminal is when you casually drop something into you know like a, like a little pebble into a pond you drop in there oh yes 
you may want to go to the Westminster Reference Library. Uh, where's that? Oh, you know, it used to be Sir Isaac Newton's house. <laughs> Alarm bells go off and you know, everybody goes searching, go, Google, quick, get. Uh, I think that's good. King Lud. I, however, you had me at William Wallace. I'm. Uh, I am going to vote with Matt. I like the idea of uh, a medieval ghost at St Bart's Hospital, and I think there's a way of getting that. Martin, if you remember the first episode, said there would be like a a, a little mini start would be out of nowhere when you're in this this corporation's offices, mm-hmm. sat around the table being inducted or having your lunch. Out of nowhere appears somebody with a machine gun. They could be taken to St. Bart's Hospital to recover and therefore are on site as they wake up and all hell gets let loose. So that's quite so, lovely. Yeah, westernmost part of the city district of London is, is Smithfields. It would be, yeah, Bart's perhaps in the city, yeah. So I'm I'm going, I'm, that's, that's where my vote has gone. So Matt, we have the medieval ghost at St Bart's Hospital. Excellent. Thank you. First time I've got yes. any votes, let alone two, I think. It, is. it went out again. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to block you now on any emails or communications. Uh, honestly, there are so many things every time this come out so even when paul and i were were doing the uh mitch's corner catch-up you, you both get set you set each other off on stuff oh yeah and then you could do this and it's it's just extraordinary the creativity is absolutely brilliant so right so now what we need to do is we need to we need to come at it so it, what i'd like to do is in each episode or in each scenario it doesn't necessarily have to be that so the main overarching big bad is this son of seventh son of john d uh, is arthur d i think is right mm-hmm. arthur it's not a very good name for a super criminal though, is it really arthur mm-hmm. arthur d no that could have been what turned him i've got taken the mick out of one too many times being called arty that was it yeah. slow slide <laughs> It is a little bit sort of George and Mildred, really, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Arthur. Oh, Arthur, you're a bad lad. Well, the thing is, actually, he was probably named after King Arthur. Mm. And he's probably, because of who, you know, Dee was, etc. he's had it rammed down his throat all his life that he's going to be um, this do-gooder, blah, 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 and your whole deed. And eventually he just cracked. He was never good enough. Therefore, he just totally went the other way. You know, you could have it that way. Family pressure. <laughs> he was never good enough. I'm just going to let that down. I mean, this, this is London. We're not going to have anyone falling into a toxic vat of waste, are we? Not since no. they've cleaned up the Thames, anyway. It'd just be mild, mild parental neglect, perhaps, which forces him into a life of crime. Okay, but what we have said we're going to do is put in a a a big bad or something that will be introduced as a sort of a you know a, a, either a. And the ordnance survey came out, obviously, of the as, as a fact faction rather 
of the first episode. So this time round, it, it's sort of like a big bad, or it could be, you know, a introducing something into into the narrative that then becomes a sort of a part of the whole liminal universe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So within within the sort of uh, parts of, of the scenario and suggestions that you've got, what was going to be, who is rather your big bad? So if I could come to, should we do it in reverse order? Matt, who was your big bad going to be? I suppose kind of two innocent nemeses in the sense the the ghost of Canon Rahair, who gets, as I say, um, disturbed. Um, and then Queen Rat, who's just minding her own business in the sewer until she can break through into the church. So that's the kind of two people who are just doing their stuff and then something happens. Um, yeah. I guess in terms of introducing a new faction, we could take the idea of, as I say, London being the second biggest population of French people outside of Paris and having a French fay court um, or ambassador residence or something like that. It's not necessarily a nemesis, but a kind of neutral or or somebody for the PCs to interact with in a kind of diplomatic type setting. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll suggest that then a kind of, yeah, French fake, fake cork, you know, massively foppish, obviously. <laughs> Presumably with outrageous accents. Yeah, incredibly strong perfume, lots of, uh, yeah, champagne, and yeah, very cool. <laughs> how, many, how many more mildly xenophobic um, <laughs> references do you want to put in there? <laughs> be good. Okay. Well, we have a history of doing that to the French, to be fair to us. We do. We do. Uh, so, a thousand years of annoying them. Um, oh, I did, I'd never actually really got to the big bad for my one. It's it's like, because I, was, I wasn't too sure who would really benefit from gaining the power of the ley lines. Um, it would have to be... Um, it would have to be somebody who uh, wants to steal the power for themselves. So really that would go back to sort of Arthur and his lot, but perhaps instead, um, I think it's a couple of members of the Fae Court that have kind of been exiled and this is their way of screwing over everybody because if they get power from us, they can make a power play in their own court as it like if you like but if they get powerful enough then they've got to make up we'd have to beg to them which kind of appeals to some fae unfortunately okay well it could be these dastardly french fae this is true okay so exiled members of the fae court london if you think about it's an ideal place to hide if you're um you know, if you're hiding from someone, if you're exiled, you know, London's been a big melting pot for years. So, you know, on the street, providing they don't hit a green area, generally they're not going to get challenged. They could, you know, hide. Obviously not in a big floppy hat. But... Okay. So the some sort of hidden, hidden fey faction. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've always Mark. thought there's something sinister oh, about living statues. Just saying. Very disturbing things. Yeah. So Covent Garden living statue, they thing. <laughs> living statues. <laughs> My children being terrified of them when they were little. <laughs> but it, it could be one of those things, couldn't it? When you're describing the landscape or the, the streetscape. Oh, and there's uh, somebody who's pretending to be sitting on a, you know, on, okay. Right. Oh, and over there there's a... Uh, is somebody dressed as a genie. 
But they're always there. Mark, who was your big bad? Well, I would have thought it was obvious. Um, So given that we had Brutus of Troy and given that we had King Vlad, and given that the whole point of the D faction are, it's about their family and it's about their history and it's that about which they've been denied. So my idea was that they, they killed the first team. They probably even arranged for the original abduction of um, Lud, or, or the, but Lud is not being guarded by them. Lud is not what the players would encounter. The players would, have, okay. of course, encounter Gog and Magog, the giants that were enslaved by Brutus to be the guardians of London. Okay, which is why so they're on Gog. And Magog, which is why they're on the town hall. Um, yeah, why they're standing on the town hall. Uh, Interestingly, and, there is supposed to also be a representation of Gog and Magog in every Lord Mayor's procession. Mm. Yes, indeed, there is. Indeed, there is. Um, and because I'm silly by nature, um, I wasn't going to have them be particularly giant on the grounds that they're only part time. <laughs> they're only large half the time <laughs> i'm sorry i've uh, i've finished my shift now i'm going to be small <laughs> on on the grounds then that if you were search i mean it'd be easy to search for giants in london but um if you sort of Very found true. these people and you come across these people and then they might only manifest as giants at the point where you uh you confront them Well, funnily enough, I, I was sort of toying with two, actually. What I was going to do is I was going to say that the pageant master, which the more I think about it, it sounds like an extraordinarily camp kind of villain, which which could bring all sorts of uh, all sorts of fun to the to the fore. But I, I was thinking about the pageant master, but you know, actually, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say that the, the, the faction, whether they're good or bad, and I don't know whether they are, I'm going for the ravens in the tower, hmm. which is Kat's suggestion that I've rather stolen from her, because I think that that's an absolutely brilliant. I was, I must admit, at one stage I was toying with the, because um, the relationship with the beef eaters is maybe that sort of idea that everybody would think Who's most likely to be in control? Well, surely it's got to be the beef eaters. Ah. I do find myself, in my head, I keep sounding like Robert Robinson. This one for (laughs) elder child and father. Um, So I think it's the ravens. The ravens in the tower are mine. So, again, because I, I enjoy hammering for all I'm worth on a, on a foot, you know, in this dog and pony show, as they say, uh, we have to have a vote. So I'm going, I, I, do you know, I'm going to go first. I can't vote for Ravens in the Tower. What I can do is I can vote for Gog and Magog, the part-time giants. Mark, I'm going for Gog and Magog because I think that, that there could be some huge fun in that. So Gog and Magog. Uh, well, sometimes huge fun, actually, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's true. 
Uh, Cat, who are you going for? You cannot vote for exiled members of the Fey Court, the Hidden Fey, the Living Statues. (laughs) You've got Matt's French Fey Court and all the hilarity of uh, the the voices, accents that you can put in there. Mark's Gog and Magog, part-time giants, or the Ravens in the Tower, which clearly you had some input in. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I think we're doing London. I think I'm going to go with the Giants because I just love the idea of these Giants being in London um, and just waiting for their revenge. Good. Good. Matt, you can't vote for the French Fay Court, which is a disaster. Shocking. (laughs) Oh, quel heureux. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I might go for the Ravens, I think. I really like them in Kat's initial pitch and the idea of them being as familiar or wizards. And also, isn't there an idea if the Ravens leave the tower, it's the end of London or something like that? So they've got a deeply kind of symbolic resonance, I think. Well, so have Gog and Magog, actually. Somebody, but I think the Ravens are, yeah, contemporaneous and for the huge international market for this book, Dave, that might, you know, help the tourist industry as well. No, I agree. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, I might let London, the Tower of London, license, you know, parts of the book. In the gift shop. Yeah. Fantastic. So you're really voting for both Kay and uh, Kat and I there. Right. Mark, you cannot vote for Gog and Magog. So you either have to vote tactically uh, and, and take it. On a two vote, uh, a one vote margin, but you have to choose from the exiled members of the Fey Court, the Hidden Fey, the Living Statues, the French Fey Court, and the ludicrous accents that arise from that, or the Ravens in the Tower. So, were I to vote tactically, I would naturally be voting for the Le, Le Fey Francais. Um, oh, we? Oui. Uh, well um, said. <laughs> but um, but unfortunately, I, I can only vote with my conscience, and my conscience says it's the Ravens because oh. it's a tie, a Raven giant fight off. It's a tie, everybody. They had some it's kind of tie. evil pact, you know. <laughs> giant Ravens, no. Um, <laughs> well, I well, used to do um, gianting and. We um, we were part of a team called the Ravens, and I actually did a little raven giant. It was only about nine foot tall, along with like a couple of other big ones. But we did have the giants in that frequently down in Hastings, so that was always good fun. So they could work together for evil. Giant <laughs> ravens. I I, th- I think we should put. I think. We should really try and mess with uh, Paul Michener. I think in the event of this tie, I think we should put them both through. Yeah. Because, oh, excuse me. Sounds like I was expiring then. Uh, Because one could be a sort of a fey resource. Are we saying that Gog and Magog are essentially malign? So I I thought that they were... I mean, they had been enslaved to defend uh, as guardians of London. They'd been freed 
um, or, or somehow freed for their own purposes by the D faction, who then said, now you just sit on this person who is the the, the remnants of those that enslaved you. So they're not necessarily malign. I mean, they've got a they've got a grievance, really. A legitimate grievance. Yeah. I think I think we're gonna put them both forward. And we'll we'll maybe let uh, Paul Paul decide what he wants to do. Cause I, I just I really like the idea of the Ravens of the Dead. Otherwise I would have to vote and that's not fair. Uh because if we freed him for the vote, it would just be Mark and I potentially swapping our votes. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say, I think we should have the Ravens of the Tower and Gog and Magog. Yes. I mean, in, in, in together. But yeah, so but I'm Ravens for once in somewhere. Yeah. For once, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking with tradition. <laughs> the, the first. The first proper scenario for uh, the liberal Great North Road campaign begins at St Bart's Hospital. In Smithfield, appropriately, hopefully, yeah. In Smithfield. <laughs> Brilliant. And then we will also have to include in there the Ravens of the Tower, yeah. Gog and Magog. I do like the idea of the Ravens as a, as a sort of a resource. I think that's that's I think it's I think it's really, really good. I mean, so, could, I mean, as I say, we're going to talk about renegotiating this very pact that's got damaged. Maybe they're the way that the modern investigators get hold of that, you know, heritage, that diplomatic knowledge perhaps from, from the past. They are the, they are the diplomats. Oh, it's getting better. Okay. Listen, thank you very much indeed. It's good fun. Yeah. Enjoy that. Nice to see everybody. So, yeah, brilliant. Could I just thanks everyone? Go on. Another thing. Yeah. Um I was I wondered if you'd be interested in book recommendations. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So, so the difference there's not enough to buy in this because all, most people have already got all the liminal books, which of course they should buy all of first. Um <laughs> but if they were looking for other things, uh, and this was just this just occurred to me as I was when when I was sort of thinking about this in the first place, if you want something that's about the kind of relationships of courts in a in a slightly fantastical way, um, yeah. Gail Carragher's um, whole—it's gone out of my head. What's it called? Oh, Parasol Protectorate, um, which is vampires and werewolves in Victorian times, and is largely about manners and the proper way to make tea. Um, but but it's but it's got some quite a quite a nice when I think of kind of the vampire courts and things, I, I think of that. And also one that I just uh, finished not uh, just a few days ago was um, Kim Newman's uh, The Man from the Diogenes Club. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which is which is a, a sort of a collection of long, short stories, if I can put it that way. Following the same character, who's a Jason King type character, working in the in the weird world through yeah. the sixties, seventies, eighties, and and so on, and it's quite yeah, it, it it it's quite. When I read it, I thought, ah, oh, this is very liminal inspo. Yeah, okay, it's going to give you some sort of flavour at least for mm -hmm. 
how you might extend it. Oh, that's a great idea. No, brilliant. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Book recommendations? Well, not recommendations, but you know, one of the things that I have to take up with Dr. Mitchner is his neglect of South London is the, in the initial Londinian book, although there is a, a supplement, I think, because I when I lived in London, I was in a sort of Camberwell Brixton area. So the two little hooks I had, which we didn't use tonight, was was one the um William Blake seeing angels in a tree in Peckham Rye Common. Yeah. So that I thought was a very nice liminal hook for something potentially. And the second, which which alarmed me, because I lived quite near during the time, but sights of a werewolf being seen in Camberwell Old Cemetery between 1996, I think like 2006, I was literally living quite near. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. So um, yeah, just a plea for little South London hooks for anybody who wants to write any of the liminal um, spin-off adventures with the campaign. Uh, south of the river. Yeah. Can't go it's south on. of the river. Sadly, not be well. There's werewolves and angels there, at least. We know that. There are. Happy days. Mm. Oh, no. I uh, can't think of any offhand, to be honest, other than, you know, Rivers of London books, just for a general feeling about how you, you could deal with Faye. Um, some of them don't mind you actually walking up to them. Others really object. Um, I just like the idea that they're not all the same. They're not like a, a set piece villain. I like individual personalities in them. Or mysterious and pale. Yeah. 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 Good. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate that. And I will try and get this done as soon as I can. In the interim, I have to also arrange to to uh, have a chat with uh, with Paul. That'll be fun. Good. Tell him I've ruined his game again. Well, he might like the um, <laughs> bit of um, anarchy between Matilda and Steve, and we, we can insert somewhere for plug his other game. Definitely, yeah, bring it all up to date. Listen, thank you ever so much, everybody. Really appreciate that, and uh, see you soon. Thanks. Cheers, all. Nice to see, see you. you. Bye. See you. So, here we go. <laughs> Clear as mud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there we have the end of uh, end of episode two. Wow! I think what I'm going to try and say from now on is that it, we have to we have to try and vote on a big wow moment. I think if you remember, uh, Martin Martin Cookson, this is M Cookie One Two Three on Twitter. He introduced the concept of there always being a a big wow moment. Uh, with everything that we did with the game and for this campaign it certainly should apply so the big wow moments for us would be somehow Gog and Magog the part <laughs> the part-time giants and uh, the ravens the ravens in the tower are they the familiars of the wizard are they the wizards themselves is that what the ravens tower have been transformed into hopefully it will at some stage will become clear the scenario itself is going to f- focus on uh, an area of London called Smithfields, which uh, which is 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 uh, the place of a big market, Smithfield Market, and uh, also the site of, or certainly nearby, is St Bart's Hospital, St Bartholomew's Hospital. So, if you do want to, uh, if you're not familiar with the geography or what we're talking about, the landmarks we're talking about, will be one way of. Uh, uh, getting yourself up to speed by just having a quick look on uh, on Google Maps or doing a quick search on Wikipedia, St. Bart's Hospital, uh, and uh, clearly then Smithfield Market. Okay? I hope you've enjoyed it. 
please keep any of those sorts of comments coming at Frankenstein's RPG um, on Twitter or at Dave Patters. Happy to take uh, happy to take uh, various amounts of opprobrium on that uh, on that account as well. But I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. It all seems rather chaotic, but it's really good fun, really creative. So I do, I really do hope you're enjoying it. And uh, see us next time when we go, maybe even outside of London. Woohoo! <laughs> Very excited. Okay, see you soon. And thank you again for listening. Bye-bye. Stop, dirt, go round. You never know which road to take. One never knows which way goes down.